come on. Yeah, come on. It's like that. It's like that. Hello and welcome to my young, loyal listeners of Teen Bible Study Talk in 10 Minutes. So what do you know? Word on the go. This podcast is brought to you by and produced by Real Time with the Bennett, where real talk happens all the time. I'm your host, Minister Bennett, of today's episode, and my co-host is the lovely Sister Bennett, as my husband affectionately calls me. Thank you for allowing and trusting us to be a part of your Christian walk. In this week's episode, we will be discussing, is it God's sovereignty or your efforts according to God's word? Uh Uh We are back live in the PNT Podcast Studio with another great lesson for another great week. And yep, you guys are on top of it. We're going to talk about the sovereignty of God. So we have to define what is sovereignty. And it's defined as supreme power or authority, which means God as a sovereignty has supreme power and authority. Let's think about it. He created the heaven and the earth, right? And he did it in, what, six days, and he rested on the seventh? But anyway, let's get down into this lesson. Let's look at this biblically in Romans 9, 14 through 16. What then shall we say? Is God unjust? Not at all. For he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. It does not therefore depend on human desire or effort but on God's mercy. For some, they may find the scripture in the New Testament very troubling. Let's look at the key verse or the key phrase in verse 15. For he says to Moses, where is Moses? When was Moses around? This is God having a conversation with Moses in the Old Testament, just brought forward into the New Testament. You guys know I love how scripture connects. It's clear to us New Testament Christians that we only need to confess God's Son as our Lord and Savior to receive God's mercy and compassion, and probably more importantly, kinship into God's family. That's how simple it is. Tell your friends, tell your loved ones. They just have to confess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior in faith that He rose again with all power. I actually love this verse too, verse 16. And it says this, it does not Therefore, depend. I'm going to stop right there. It's just a phrase, but there's a whole verse. It's just that phrase. It does not therefore depend. At the end of the day, it's not what we desire or want regarding everlasting life because we all want to live forever. We all want a million dollars. We all want perfect health. It's about confessing by faith that Jesus died and we are no longer living in sin and we have eternal life through that. To put it another way, you cannot, I want to repeat that, You cannot work your way into God's family. You get there through his son, Jesus Christ. He said he is the way and the life. That's what Jesus said in verse and in scripture. As a result of confessing Jesus Christ and allowing Christ to be the head of your life, your lifestyle, your thoughts, and your very being will change to align with doing God's will that will further his kingdom. Your new way of life is not you working your way to heaven. I don't want you to, don't get it twisted. Just because God wants us to do some things to further his kingdom, that's not you working your way to heaven. You do that as a result of loving God and what he's done for you and wanting to share that with other people. Just like if you find a great deal at a store, what do you do? You run home, you tell your friends, you tell your family members because you want them to get the exact same deal. And that's what you want for your family and friends. It's doing what God has called us to do because we are now part of his family. 
As we head to break, I want to pray for you and your lifestyle change since your acceptance of Christ. Now, for those that have not that are listening, I need you to pray the sinner's prayer. But I will still pray for you. So let's go. Let's do that right now. Father God, we come to you right now asking that you forgive us for all sins, thought, deed, or actions, the things that we don't know that we've done that have sinned against the kingdom of God. Forgive us, O Lord, that we may come boldly before the throne, clean as hyssop and, and white as snow. Lord God, I pray for my young, loyal listeners, Lord God. I pray for the lifestyle change, Lord God. I pray for the boldness to stand up for you, O God, the boldness to share the good news of your son, Jesus Christ, Lord God. I pray that they understand that it's not that you work your way to heaven, that you have to live this lifestyle called Christianity to get your way to heaven. We are adopted into your family by confessing your son, Jesus Christ, that through your mercy and sovereignty, we do have a chance at eternal life. So, oh God, once again, we thank you for giving us that, for giving of your son, that we may have life everlasting. So I pray this for my young loyal listeners and all those listening, Lord God, and including myself and my family, that you would do this for us, Lord God, that you would keep us in mind through your sovereignty. We pray this in your mighty son name, Jesus Christ. Amen. We are back live in the PNT Podcast Studio after that power pack prayer about God's sovereignty and what it means for us and why it's important to you guys and why it's important to me. You guys got to know we love you here at the PNT Podcast Studio, and that's why we're praying for you, and we hope you are praying for us. So let's look at some ways to show God's sovereignty. God's sovereignty is vital in the life of Christians everywhere. We should not be afraid to show and share how gracious and merciful God is. When it comes to a world born into sin, with the desire to sin and no desire to change one thing about it, without God's sovereignty, where would we be? Forget I even asked such an unthinkable question. Let's dive right in, showing God's sovereignty. Number one, get before God daily by, by praying, by fasting, by meditating. This is the way to experience God's sovereignty in both the Old and New Testament, just like they did as individual people who said, I will make God first in my life in order to come before God. As an example, churches can't be in competition of which one has more members on the book. Rather, a place where disciples and believers are taught to live by faith, as in Romans 12. Followers should be doing the following. Submit to God. Live separate from the world values. Self-reflection to be better. Love each other. To serve in love and to do it with a passion. Respond to evil with good. Number two. Fellowshipping with like-minded believers in the presence of God. We accomplish this by going to Sunday morning worship service, attending Bible study. Roman 12 Christians who are professing God's sovereignty in a world that needs to bend their will back to God need to be and get connected from a place of loving thy neighbor and getting involved in changing their community by seeking the wisdom of the Father together in harmony. I know that was a mouthful. In this collective environment, the real true worshiper version of us shows up with our spiritual gifts and desires to fulfill God's purpose, working with other brothers and sisters in faith. It's practically a mirror image of the church in Acts 4. I want you to go back and read Acts 4. And number three, 
doing God's will 24-7. Serving and living for God is not a part-time job or gig. It's a lifestyle. I know we're studying in Romans 9, but I can't help but link this to Acts 4. In Acts 4, we find Peter and John, where they spent a little time thinking about how easy their life is with Jesus. Think about it. They didn't spend much time pondering it. They spent a very little time thinking about it. You know why? Because their life became better for them after they met Jesus. There was no need to pray for a change in their life because once they experienced Jesus, their perspective on their circumstances instantly changed. The question you probably have is, how and what did they pray in that case? I love what they did. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Acts 4, 29 and 30. They were on a mission 24-7 with the sole purpose of fulfilling God's will for their lives, for his glory. The work they did was never about personal gain. Hint, hint. It's not about us either, my young loyal listeners. Hey, let's see what they're rapping about over here in the conversation corner. Hey, Minister Bennett. What y'all rapping about over here? We were discussing a question that came up from Romans 9, verses 15 and 16. The verses read, For God said to Moses, I will show mercy to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion to anyone I choose. So it is God who decides to show mercy. We can neither choose it nor work for it. The question was, why do we ask God to have mercy on us if we can't choose it or work for it? I explained that God is our creator. He can choose a well-laid-out plan for us. However, we are the ones who alter that plan. We are the ones who make choices without consulting him first. So we can't work for mercy. We have to ask God for forgiveness, which he will grant to us. We are all given free will. Remember the scripture, choose this day whom you will serve. We can't choose to serve or do things that are against God's will. And then when that choice doesn't work out the way we plan, we ask for mercy. We ask for compassion. (laughs) Wait a minute and hold on. I know where you're going. But before you go there, yes, that is why we ask for forgiveness, because he is a just God and he knows our hearts. He knows we are going to mess up, but remember that to every choice, there is a consequence and you may have to suffer a little bit because of your choices. You don't study for a test and you fail. Who is to blame God? You don't decide to take something that doesn't belong to you and you get caught. Who is to blame God? You can't talk back to your parents and get punished and then want to blame God for it. No, of course we can't. You have to take responsibility for your actions. And this holds true for adults as well, because we are not perfect. We too have to ask God for forgiveness for our mistakes. So no, we can't work for mercy, but since God knows our hearts as Christians to make this world a better place, we can choose to extend mercy and compassion to others. Give it a try and watch the reward that comes your way. Now, it may not come in the form of money, but it may come through your growth in Christ, making you a stronger believer, helping you to understand and mature your spiritual gifts. In Lamentation, it tells us that God gives us new mercies each morning. What will you do today? Show compassion or suffer a consequence of your not-too-good decision? In summary... 
the importance of knowing God's sovereignty and what it means for you. The greatness of man's power is the measure of his surrender. There is no such thing as a great man of God, only weak, pitiful, faithless men of a great and merciful God. God's sovereignty does not negate our responsibility to pray, but rather makes it possible for us to pray with confidence that we can get into heaven. As always, please don't forget to subscribe and share so that you and your friends will get all future notifications when new and exciting episodes are uploaded and posted. Until next time, stay safe and live a life holy and acceptable to God. After all, it's your reasonable service. With a special thank you to LJ Productions for post-production's editing techniques since used for this podcast. This podcast was sponsored in part by the Body of Christ Church in Waldorf, Maryland, Pastor Kenneth E. Stewart, it's Christian Education Ministry in association with Real Time with the Bennett's. But Real Talk, what? You got it. Happens all the time. Yeah, it's like that.